Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part five in our conversation. We hope you enjoy. Another Jerry Colonna question, right? And Reboot, he, he asked, he says, you know, what do you need to say? What needs to be said that's not being said? Hmm. Saying what is, what is true. Saying what is true. What do you need to say that you're not saying? What are you holding back? What's in there? Um, because, you know, if it's a mother or a, or a sister or whatever, and they're with somebody who's struggling, um, there's probably questions, but they're afraid to ask them. And, and it can be hard when we're raw because it might come out like anger. And I think we have to do our best to try to, to try to temper that, to try to have display self-control. So the, the answer is not, is just to not ask the question, but, but the solution is rather, Okay, I need I need to press in. I need to ask, but I need to, I need to display some self control. I need to keep my head on straight. I need to I need to I need to keep a calm, steady hand. Maybe that means I need to have someone else with me. Um, but I've got to tell the truth. It comes back to that. There's one takeaway: you got to tell the truth. You got to use words. You got to ask. You know, and I and I would ask questions rather than making start. You know, not that we never make declarative statements. But start a conversation, a conflict conversation. So this would be maybe a good takeaway. And I, I would, I would, I would want to practice this myself. Is start out by asking curious questions, not making declarative statements. So, for example, if I'm really frustrated with you, Austin, <laughs> or you're frustrated with me, um, either way, if I said, "Hey, you know, let's talk," and we go into the conversation, I just go. You are, you know, I'll just, I'll use the example, you know, you're an addict, you're a jerk, um, you're, you, you're so mean. Those are declarative statements, right? They may or may not be true, but if I really want to understand if they're true or not, make sure I would say, Hey, Austin, on, you know, on Monday, when we were in that meeting, you said X, Y, and Z. And I interpreted it this way and it made me feel, you know, it made me feel angry or it made me feel upset. Can you, can you maybe like, can you help me? Like, can you shed some light on that? Like what, what was going on there? Am I, you know, what are you hearing me say? Like, is there, is there something to what I'm saying? Is that true? Like I'm being in that moment. It's like, you can be declarative or you can be curious. And I think by starting curious you have an opportunity to understand and the other person's probably not going to be as defensive because i'm sorry but if you come at me and you're like you're a jerk i'm probably gonna no, no matter how healthy i am my posture in that moment is gonna gonna probably be a bit defensive yeah because the reality is if someone makes a declarative statement it's probably been true but it might not be it's probably not true all the time and it's, it's, if you want to continue the conversation, giving them the benefit of the doubt is pretty helpful. Um, but when you're, ha when you are certain of things and you have to say hard truths, I think acknowledging the fact that like, this is going to be intense, this I'm going to be, I'm, I am upset. So if, if what, if something you did, Wes, made me upset, the conflict to bring that up is probably going to make you upset. And so when, when I hear you say keeping a calm, steady hand, that doesn't mean I'm not going to be upset. 
it means just being aware of it so I can try to keep it in check, but not like mash it down. It's just, it's saying, it's like, man, this makes me really frustrated, but not screaming it, acknowledging it, saying it out loud. This makes me angry or if this frustrates me is a good way to keep it in control. Yeah. Cause we want to be self-controlled when we are upset. It's not yeah. about not being upset. It's about being self-controlled when we are. Absolutely. I think maybe a good example of that is like, it is healthy and totally appropriate. Like me hearing you say all that, Austin, it's really healthy and totally appropriate. Like for you to come to me and say, you know, in this moment, because of, because of this situation, I am, I'm really angry. It would be really inappropriate for you to come at me in a situation and be like, just screaming at me. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. Right. It's like, it's yeah. okay to be angry. It's not okay to scream at each other. Yep. I agree. <laughs> Cause I don't know about you, but I, I don't know any, I know maybe some family dynamics that it's just become a habit so that that's what they do and they're all okay with it. But outside of that, <laughs> like, I don't know any context where people are like, you know what? We just scream at each other all the time and it's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, like being, I think what we're talking about is the difference between like, oh, we're just a loud family. That's fine if you're just loud and that's just how you talk to each other and you're like boisterous or fun. But if it, I think when you, when I hear you say screaming at somebody, it's when like you're intentionally going after someone to make them feel less than. You're wanting them to go away. You're not wanting them to be a part of a family. Well, like my family's loud, but our, our, like at restaurants, we would just like, if we're having a disagreement about something, which is usually small and funny, we'll try to get other people in the restaurant in on the conversation, like the wait staff, or if someone looks over, it's like, you're, you're hearing us talk about this. What, what do you think? Cause that's just, we're a loud family. That doesn't mean we're screaming at each other. Like you can feel the difference if you're in a public place, if a family is loud or if they're having a real life screaming argument, it feels different. Oh yeah. It feels totally different. I mean, I think, yeah. So I guess to try to land this plane, um, we want to have healthy conflict. Conflict is, can be a trigger, but we need to press in rather than avoid. We need to, you know, conflict is a universal experience. All of us, de- all of us deal with it. And so, you know, the better we are at handling it, the, the more peaceful I think our lives are going to be. Conflict does not have to be a bad thing. As a matter of fact, addressing conflict provides the opportunity for clarity, for compassion, and for resolution. What what are some final thoughts, Austin, as we as we bring this to a close? I think I would really highlight that you said conflict doesn't have to be a bad thing. I would I would go further and say conflict is a necessary thing for us to grow, for us to improve, for us to heal. And if that's true, and I think it is, then we really need to get good at it, which means we need to be compassionate to ourselves as we get better at it, but also compassionate to others as we go through these conflicts. Because the the more mature we are, the more conflict we will be dealing with. Because we are aware that the only way that this is going to get better is if I have this conflict. And conflicts don't have to be a big, long, drawn-out thing. It can be quick if you're using these, like, if, if our goal is to have clarity and show each other compassion and come to some sort of resolution. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back soon with a new conversation. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back soon with a new conversation. We'll see you then.